Hello and welcome to the Highly Sensitive Soul Podcast. My name is Lisa Matthews, and together we'll explore both the gifts and the challenges of being highly sensitive so that you can bring your unique magic out into the world. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 28. And you might hear my cat running around in the background. I've actually been trying to record for a little while here, but she's decided it's crazy cat time. So I'm just going to leave it in. It's just how Nala is rolling today. (laughs) Anybody else have cats at home that like to race around at mm, perhaps not the most opportune times? But they're just being their animal selves, and maybe we can learn something from them. So with all that in mind, on to the actual episode today. I have a wonderful guest on, which you'll probably have seen from the title. And before I introduce her, I wanted to invite you to check out a resource for grounding that I've created for you. Uh, This is... Perfect to use if you feel overwhelmed, overstimulated, and just a bit out of sorts. If you want to connect to your calm, your creativity, and just feeling more grounded, then I invite you to grab the Nourish Your Roots meditation. It's totally free, and you can sign up for it at combinationhealing.ca forward slash free. So have a look for the Nourish Your Roots Guided Meditation, a simple yet powerful grounding practice that anyone can do. I'll walk you through every step of the way. So again, you can have that delivered right to your inbox at combinationhealing.ca forward slash free. So with all that in mind, I'd love to explore today's topic on energy healing, and self-care with my wonderful guest, Ray Lynn Daniel. So Ray Lynn is an intuitive mentor, an energy healer, and motivational speaker, a creator of space with a deep love for the moon, the magic, and beauty in this wondrous world. She's a soulful coach who creates sacred space for individual transformational healing, for women to journey into themselves, release limiting beliefs, align with their heart, and create the life they desire. So it's going to be a short intro today as I'm going to shift us into this wonderful interview with Raylan Daniel, Women's Intuitive Guide, and I hope you enjoy it. I'm here with Raylin, and I'm really excited to dive into her world, her work, and our really fun topic for today. So as always, welcome to the show, Raylin. Super happy to have you here. Thank you so much for inviting me. And now that we're here, now that we're finally sorted, we've had just a minor amount of technical challenges on my side. So now that we're here and ready to dive in, I'd love to hear what drew you to the work that you do now. Mm. I feel like it was almost like a buildup of a lifetime, if you really want to know the truth. But um, I would say that I really was disconnected from myself and that I was so disconnected from my intuition that things started to explode in my world. Mm. So there was a few uh, traumatic experiences that just like threw me really into a survival mode. And I was hurting some of the people that I loved the most Mm. in this world. And I just deeply knew that that wasn't who I was in my heart. And there was just this moment where I just realized that everything had to change. And I started to say yes to things rather than saying no. Hmm. Amazing. Yeah, that's where it began. Yeah, the beginning. Those wake-up calls sometimes, they can be pretty intense. And yeah, knowing knowing that, our sort of layering in of 
I got a core topic today, which I obviously is right up my alley, is on self-care and energy healing. So what's your experience with self-care? And I'm going to layer in, what's your definition of it as well? I love to intertwine self-care and self-love together. And I have completely disconnected from what like society had created me to think self-care was for a very long time in my life, which was like manicures and getting your hair done and going and getting pedicures (laughs) and the gym and all those things. And that's what I used to define self-care as. And over the last probably about six years, I've really realized that it has nothing to do with those external things for me. Self-care for me is even taking a pause it's being a lot more intentional. So when you were experiencing your technical difficulties, it was enjoying a hot cup of coffee and just like being present in that moment rather than just doing everything else and not really honoring how important that coffee was to me. And um, I obviously also have some deeper ones. So for me, it's like waking up, I have two children. So I have, I'm a a mama of two boys. So waking up, earlier than them is very important for me to have at least five to 10 minutes where I get to just be in silent and like ground into myself and my world and connect into my heart. So that makes a world of difference in my whole entire day. Mm -hmm. So I find that self-care defined for me is really allowing myself to be content through my whole day. So practices that allow me to come back into the present moment. I used to be very scattered and external of myself. And these moments where I'm able to come back and just bring myself into the now have been the greatest impacts in my self-care. Nice. I love that. And honestly, I think it, it can't be understated how powerful that is, especially for those of us that feel a lot, that sense a lot, that yeah. that experience a lot, just to bring those pauses in. Yeah. I think we do have this idealized version of self-care that's a little bit, well, often involving an outward service. And at the same time, it's awesome to go and get some self-care, some support from other people as a local practitioner in town, I've just discovered uh, Monica Smutney. And so I've been seeing her for like rose crystal facials, like rose rose quartz and Indian foot massages. And I've been like, this is a whole new level of self-care for me. And so I've done so much of it inwardly that bringing bringing practitioners in has always been part of my self-care and healing journey, but this feels like next level. So anyone near Rosalind, highly recommend Monica. She's great. She's at Madhu Crystal Garden. And yeah, when it comes to self-care, that simplifies it a lot when you just brought in those pauses. And I love how you're like, because I was a while with technical issues. (laughs) It was not five minute things. You're like, I'm going to sit and have my coffee. I think that's really beautiful. Um, I do bring in like more, I would say like more intentional things that I do throughout the day. Like I know for my own self-care and more for my own mental awareness, like moving my body every single day is very important to me. It doesn't really matter at what stage of the day, but I know that that is something I need to do early on (laughs) to (laughs) allow me to just, um, cultivate like I was saying like self-care and self-love go very deep for me together and when I move my body with intention it allows me to love myself also more presently so I do tend to work out as soon as the boys go to school I don't have anything specific sometimes I just pull up a YouTube workout that's really great or some of the local ladies who do live trainings on social media I love to support anyone who really delves into their passion. So, um, I'm also a yoga practice, like a yoga trainer, teacher, practitioner. And so I often just move my body intentionally, whether it's dance or yoga or this week, it's been handstands. I've really loved delving into doing handstands every morning. So, um, I find that it's been a constant practice of experiencing new things and seeing what brings joy to my world. I love that. And there's such a curiosity in that. It sounds like like what's out there for me today. 
Mm-hmm. Curiosity is one of my favorite things about everything we're going to talk about today. <laughs> so speaking of that curiosity, it sounds like you have a, a lot of just exploration you've done. And let's dive into a pretty, it's a really broad topic when one talks about energy healing. We're going to break that down a little bit more today. But what was your first experience with energy healing and what made you turn to it? Ooh. Um, so my very first experience with energy healing was actually Reiki. Nice. Um, and I'm not going to lie to you, at that point in my life, I was very unaware. I had no idea what I was getting myself into. I kind of thought that it was something like a massage or acupuncture. I didn't do any research. I was just at a point in my life where, kind of like I said at the beginning, like I knew that I needed to do something different. I had been seeing a wonderful counselor for probably three years at that point, just through all the traumas that I had been a part of. And I had felt like I was always constantly in the same circle and I wasn't able to get out of it. And I finally listened to a little inkling. This one woman kept crossing my path and she kept sharing about her Reiki. And I decided to say yes. And I booked myself into an experience (laughs) and I walked in there thinking it was like a massage and I walked out and I never felt so good. I had never felt so like calm and collected over the probably the past three years. Mm -hmm. And uh, her name's Crystal and she's from Northern Alberta and she's absolutely wonderful. I've done a lot of training with her beyond that. Um, and this one experience just really, anybody who doesn't understand what we're talking about, I guess I should go a little bit deeper. I had at this point practiced yoga for some time and I had some knowledge of like our energy systems and our chakras within our body. And as she worked through my energy centers and she just spoke so intentional about me and my life experiences, but had no idea who I was. And I was Mm -hmm. in this moment, like I was hooked. I was, I was deep and I wanted more. And I was like, I just was craving more. And I started to research more of what this experience was. And in a very open way, I had always been as a child, really connected to energies I remember being gifted a a necklace from my aunt to uh, like keep me safe from different energies and entities. And as I grew older, I kind of just like pushed that all down and disconnected from it. So Mm -hmm. um, it was probably the most impactful experience of my whole entire healing journey to feel such a shift in an hour. Hmm. I love that. And it sounds like it kind of was a bit of a kind of blindsided, took you by surprise moment. Like what just happened? (laughs) And And since like, I know that this is like with you sharing a little bit about your, your uh, audience, um, it wasn't just me. When I got home that evening, I saw how it had impacted my family. So it wasn't Mm. just it was like when I was releasing energies that were connected to me and when things were moving more freely, my whole entire home and family just felt completely different Hmm. and everything was calmer, not just me. My, my whole entire close knit world had shifted in that one experience. And that was enough for me to become curious about all the things (laughs) (laughs) like, okay, all the things, (laughs) the can of worms is opened. Let's dive in. Yeah, and I find it something that I've probably named this on the podcast before that uh, I I am often a person people will come to see after they've tried a lot of the more well-known practices and modalities. Uh, More commonly a last resort type person. (laughs) And the sense of people like, I've tried everything else and now I'm going to try this other element, craniosacral therapy or flower essences. And that had been the case for a long time, but it's really cool to see this shift happening. And I don't know if that's because of the uh, sharing that I do on the podcast more or in the messages I send out in emails, like to my email community, but the tide is shifting from this like 
inner, I need to have this thing quote unquote fixed to how do I step into my own power? How do I reclaim my power? How do I walk this self-growth journey and really discover who I am? So it's super cool to see how things are shifting and just your reflection there of how much it seemed like had changed for you in that moment of like, okay, I'll just try this thing. I've never really had a, yeah. a real, even know what's going on. And it seems like it had a, a, a very far reaching effect for you. And it feels like it, for me, at least energy healing really taps into that connection with our self yes. on multiple levels, multiple layers. Yes, so I agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> That's a beautiful way to put it. Yeah, I don't know if that stirs up anything, just that link between self-growth and energy healing that you wanted to touch on or... Yeah, um, actually for me, I would say that that's really exactly where it all began for me. So when I felt so good and it was actually like astonishing, like when you're a practitioner and you've experienced such deep healing, you're able to like share that with others. But at this point, I just knew I wanted to feel different and in a, in a more empowered way. And when I was able to leave there and feel calm and feel just like present in my life and to, I felt more connected to myself because I had energetically let go of a lot of things that weren't even mine that I didn't realize I was carrying. Mm -hmm. And this just sparked such a, at the time I didn't know it was a curiosity, but it was like such a inner knowing that I was just needing to clear more. And I was, I was ready to release some things that I'd been holding on to for a really long time. And with energy healing, it was a way that I did it. And I started to listen to who was entering into my world. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, it wasn't necessarily about searching for something, which is what I had been doing for so long. I'd been yeah. searching how you said to get fixed. Like yeah. there was something wrong with me. And what I realized through even that first experience, but my second experience was actually one that I had enter my world through that first Reiki experience. Um, I had met this woman who did, did aura painting at the time mm-hmm. and I had met her prior to my Reiki experience and I was like, Oh yeah, I should do that. Yeah, I should do that. I love art. I love photography. I love anything to do with getting creative. And I was like, Oh, that's something that would really intrigue me. And as I was sitting in her beautiful Reiki room, her, uh, one of this woman's paintings was on the wall. Mm. And so I just started to follow these little like notions that, Oh, Hey, you should talk to this person. And Oh, Hey, you should talk to this. And it became more of a, a getting to know myself and it became like curious to know who I was before I started to be what I thought everybody around me needed me to be. Mm. And through that journey, it was just, it's became more and more impactful. And I can like, openly can say I invest in energy healing very, very regularly. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, um, this last like three months has been the first time in five years where I can completely say that, like, I'm content. Like I'm, I'm not searching anymore for anything to be healed or there's nothing that needs to be fixed. (laughs) And I realized as I was reflecting on this probably about a month ago, before we had snow and I was hiking in the mountain, I realized that there's never really anything in us that's wrong or needs to be fixed. It's mm-hmm. more of a unbecoming to become who we are meant to be. Mm, that's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. And something you said earlier really struck me. The wording may not be exactly, but the, you said earlier about the letting go of who you thought everybody else needed you yeah. to be. Yeah. And as a woman, whether you're a mother or just a woman, we have such a nurturing tendency. And I find that um, most of my clients that I work with now are women who deeply disconnect from their own hearts and their own inner knowing to fulfill and be of service for everyone else. Mm-hmm. And that's where I found I was. I was very disconnected from my intuition. I was very 
listening to everyone external of me for guidance in life, for advice, for everything. (laughs) (laughs) There wasn't a thing that I didn't like look external from myself. And the greatest thing that I have gained through the last five years in my own journey is like just trusting myself and being able to actually listen to my own inner knowing and guidance of what I desire my life to look like and what I desire to live. (laughs) And it hasn't been easy. It's still like a struggle for me, but, um, I, yeah, that, that's something that deeply hits home is just being more aligned with my own desires in life. And And that's powerful. That's incredibly powerful. And I feel like that is such a massive piece of being able to create that intentional life, create a conscious life and create a life that really supports and sustains you instead of one that is perhaps not the way we would like to show up in the world. Yeah. I find it to be, um, more present and the more present I become in my life and the more I invite joy into my world, the more everything in my life becomes what I actually desire. Mm-hmm. It's funny that, eh? <laughs> yeah. And if you would have asked me like 10 years ago, if I was happy, I would have said, yes, I had a on paper. Oops, sorry. On paper, I had a great life. I had a great job. I had great friends. I had a beautiful family and we were doing really well. But when I actually would sit with myself, it wasn't anything that actually filled me up. It wasn't anything that brought me joy. And I was very much living for the future and not in the present Mm -hmm. moment. I feel like it's like just summed up in such great words. I can really resonate with that. (laughs) Yeah. Resonate with that. Like my background as a nurse, having everything looking great on paper in this fantastic job, living in a really cool place in the city, a great partner. But yeah, this feeling of emptiness for me, I felt it like a void, like this, like, is this it? Yes. (laughs) That is a question I remember asking myself so often. Like, is this it? And, um, like everything made me happy. My partner, my children, like the things that meant the world to me made me happy. It was things that I was almost forcing into my world that didn't fit properly. Mm. That once I became more, inclined to heal myself. And I should, I should go into this a little bit. Sure. I I had had a, like a great childhood. I have great parents and something that I've like really deeply learned is that trauma looks different for all of us. Mm -hmm. And there's no, there's no more trauma or less trauma. It's Mm. for me, it was the resources I had in traumatic situations that really impacted how I showed up. So feeling so disconnected because I didn't have resources in front of me when I experienced trauma that left me feeling very out of control Mm -hmm. and very lost within myself. So as I started my healing journey and energy healing and energy work in general entered into my life. I felt so connected to it because it gave me my sense of power back. It allowed me Mm -hmm. to be in control of the choices I made and it allowed me to be present in my life. And there was so many things that it created space within myself to receive. Mm. And, and that is a skill to receive. Mm -hmm. It's like, there's something that happens when we create that space and it's almost like there's a saying nature abhors a vacuum, but which is essentially saying we create a space, something's going to want to fill it. And I love what you're bringing in here. Uh, Just this idea of your inner knowing your intuition being very, just being more in control of your choices that you can knowing there's uncontrollable layers in, in life, but we can choose a lot from our own inner place. 
and how all that fits into then our sort of what is our compass in life? How do we go forward in, in life? So I love all those layers that you're, you're weaving in here and bringing in. And given that a lot of us, especially a lot of us sensitives have a different experience than the quote unquote average person, knowing we're all unique anyway. But given that maybe I always say that sensitives are really attuned to the subtle. I, I love kind of replacing the term highly sensitive with the term highly aware person. Because that's in my view, we're also very, very highly aware. And a lot of times we're very drawn to things that are, may relate to spirituality or things that may just have a lot of meaning for us. Like just kind of clock in, clock out work can be, and may not always be, but can be very draining for us. And so if people are kind of like, okay, I'm intrigued by this energy healing thing. I've never really looked at it before. I don't really know where to start. But I wonder if you could speak kind of to that group of people that are mm. like, all right, I'm intrigued. <laughs> Try something out. Just about a few of uh, maybe the different modalities you've experienced. And yeah. if you have anything to kind of break down, just we'll, we'll maybe create a bit of a map, a bit of a menu, if you will, <laughs> for people yes. that are exploring energy healing and... Especially, yeah, if they're new, and obviously, if you're listening, you're like, well, I'm definitely not new. <laughs> but yeah. there'll be, yeah, definitely more layers that you can take in here. But I'd love to hear about the modalities you've experienced. I had to make a list. So this was when I actually, like, had to, for our podcast today, I was like, oh, I need to make a list. Amazing. Um, so I did not realize that I had even stepped into a form of energy healing when I was in my younger years. Um, and for me, I experienced the same feeling that I did with Reiki when I first began yoga. Interesting. And, um, yoga came in and out of my life for about 10 years. I would dive into going to a studio like consistently for three weeks, feel really great. And then I would fall off or become busy and step away from it. And then I would do the same thing a year later, come in, do yoga, feel really great, step away from it. So um, through life, yoga has always been something since I probably turned about 21 that I had turned to. I like would go onto my mat when I would need to, and then I would fall off. And um, now where I'm at, I have been certified with two different yoga teacher trainings. And I see that that is part of the beautiful experience of living a life that is just more conscious as it comes into your world when it's meant to and it leaves your world when you need to learn something different so yoga was my first when I got into my body and I connected my breath and moved out of my logical mind because that was really hard for me before yoga so I couldn't mm -hmm. connect to my body unless I was moving and being kind of guided to breathe and to connect into myself so that was really powerful and I did that for many years and then like I said, Reiki mm -hmm. um, has actually become now that I'm further along in my healing journey has become something that I do quite regularly for myself, for my children, for my home, for my animals. <laughs> um, and I've been attuned to that now. So Reiki is still something that I consciously step into. And then I am curious all the time. I love to hear about new modalities and learn about them. And I know that they'll come into my world at the right time. But um, my greatest shift in who I am as a woman was um, I actually was introduced to a woman who does regression hypnosis. Mm -hmm. So I have never been a heck yes kind of girl. <laughs> and when I met her and I had no same thing, it was right after my first Reiki experience. And I was just like, heck yes. And I just followed all the steps and I ended up spending seven days with her and I did deep regression hypnosis over seven days. So for anybody who kind of doesn't understand that when I first went into hypnosis, I thought they meant like, the women and men who dance on stages and like act like a chicken. Yeah, the and classic yeah. show kind of showmanship <laughs> hypnosis that yeah. comes to mind. That's not really a term. I'm just making it up yeah. now. <laughs> but that's what I like first thought. And I was like, I have no idea what I'm getting myself into, but it feels like I need to do this. And when she came and visited me for those seven days, um, 
we did four hours a day for seven days straight. And, wow. um, I was in a space where I was incredibly ready for it. So it's not something she does often. I had done seven weeks of training with her online before that. And it was just really beautiful to experience. And I walked away after seven days of woman that nobody in my life recognized. Wow. So, um, I felt safe and I felt connected and I felt massive shifts within my, like my subconscious mind. And there was things that I actually could not even recollect that had happened to me anymore. And so that was probably my greatest transformation. But then I also dove into things like deep cellular healing and lifetime or lifeline timeline, um, timeline healing and breath work and yoga nidra. And now I really like doing somatic healing. So like more in my body, um, EFT has come into my world a few times. And then one that I do practice quite regularly is theta. So theta healing, Mm -hmm. which is very aligned with hypnosis and it makes big transformations in my world on a regular basis. But I even love coming in and just like pulling out my cards and connecting into something greater than myself to have some guidance. Yeah. So, and those that say, be like, what does she mean? Like playing cards? Like, I'm guessing, yeah. Uh, I don't know if you work tarot or oracle Tara or both, but those would be. Yeah. 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 How many, a curiosity question, how many decks do you have? Oh, um, <laughs> lots. I actually started gifting some of them away because I just didn't reach for them anymore and I knew somebody else needed them in their world. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I, I get that. Yeah. So that's, and like, I love supporting, I work a lot with women, so I love supporting women and experiencing new forms of healing and energy work through their modalities and supporting one another is really important to me. So I really, I really am more curious about it now where I'm at than when I began. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, amazing. And because Reiki's come up a couple times, you named a lot of incredible ones. Most of them I've I've heard of or experienced. Like I love Theta Healing was um my my gateway into energy yeah. healing. That was one of my first experiences and was like, what just happened? Yeah. <laughs> In a really good way. But in case someone has heard of Reiki but has no idea like what it looks Mm. like or what sort of the quote-unquote like background theory is on it do you just like flesh out a little bit like what a potential session looks like or even what you experience when you go for one as a small side note if you're listening if the sound changed slightly just now we just had to switch platforms so bear with us the technology fun continues (laughs) but yeah, how would that be just to kind of flesh out if someone's heard of Reiki but doesn't actually know what what a session looks like? If they walk into a room, say like, what is the kind of layout of a Reiki session? So in my own space, I have a massage table and it's covered with fuzzy blankets and it's just about making you as the receiver and the client to be really comfortable. So you would come in, we'd have a little conversation, and then you just make yourself as comfortable as possible. If you need a blanket to keep warm, I've noticed personally throughout my own sessions, my body, my fingers and my toes, they get very cold in any energy healing that I do. So I always make sure that my clients have things to support them in that so they don't have to shift and move too much unless it's what they feel. And so entering into this space, it's just about getting comfortable. And I don't often explain what Reiki is because my own first experience and how I didn't really know what I was walking into. But I guide them into a space of relaxation. So breath work, coming in, releasing, bringing themselves into that present moment, and then really just allowing them to relax and I there's no touching in Reiki so you're never being physically touched and if you are there will be um, a lot of like guidance and I'm going to place my hand on your left shoulder and I don't often have to do that though and we work with the energy parts in your body so your chakra system from the crown of your head all the way down to the tips of your toes 
And it's really about releasing resistance and any blockages in your energy so that there's spaces in our body where we hold emotion and where we are not allowing ourselves to feel things. And that was what it was for me is that I had pushed down so many emotions being the strong woman for so long that when I experienced Reiki for my first time, it was so freeing because emotions that I had pushed down that I did not even realize were present had a, had a chance to move and flow and release. And it, it's just really, our bodies are so magical and so powerful that through Reiki, you just feel very calm. Some people feel upset. They feel very heightened and they have emotions that they haven't allowed themselves to feel. And my intention through the whole entire process is to end the session in a state of peace and contentment and allowing whatever flows freely to come through. Um, like I said, in, in it might've been in a recording that we're not going to have, so I'll say it again. <laughs> but for me, it is... Um, I encourage them to ask questions and answer questions throughout the hour that we are there, just because a lot of the times I don't necessarily recall what is all going on when I'm holding that space and that energy for them. So many of times the clients come out and they're just super incredibly relaxed and they're very grounded in who they are. Mm -hmm. And then there's other times where they've created space and some emotions have come up and then there's more for them to explore deeper than that. And sometimes I, I like to call it soul work. Sometimes I send them home with like a little journal prompt in and around our session and something that will like help them move through that to a deeper level. Um, but the intention with Reiki is just to create space within your energy parts and to open them up so that your energy is flowing freely. Now, this last three years of our world, Reiki has been more present for my clients when they need to just like remember how to come back into their own self and to remember that like they are one and they can release the energy of everyone they've been in contact with for the whole entire day. So it kind of depends. Um, if you're new to Reiki and you come to me as a client, I, my, my very first intention is deeply just to like bring you into your center and to like create flow so that you can feel at ease and peaceful. Mm, I love that. And yeah, we were commenting in between as we were switching our, our recording platforms here, the power of wording and how important it really is. And your your word of, of ease and peacefulness there, those are two words that really resonate with me because we can still be in a place of sorting through emotions, sifting through things. And this is kind of bringing in more cranial language, but if we're within a window of tolerance, what we can kind of be with and still be okay, we can still have a sense of ease and, and peacefulness, even if we're kind of mentally sifting through or some things that may have shown up. So I just really, yeah, I think those words are really powerful of ease and, and peacefulness because they speak to a state of, of being more than anything else easefulness with the process easefulness with an unfolding so I like that a lot thanks I for love how you I'm gonna add this in I love yeah. how you brought up how you brought that up so that is something that I feel it's very important for us to recognize is the duality so that we can be happy and joyful and still have a little bit of fear and how we can be peaceful and still maybe have some sadness within us. And this has been something, especially this last two years, where I personally have had to heal through that and allow myself to be in a state of joy, even though there's some discomfort in myself. And giving myself permission to feel both emotions have been has been a big game changer this past couple of years. Yeah, I really love that. Yeah. I had some some advice come through. I do a lot of spiritual work on a, a different level. And my personal practice is quite rooted in shamanism. And I had some, some advice come through and it's in some ways it sounds underwhelming, but it was so poignant for the moment. And it was, what are you looking at? As in, what do you, if you have these two states of, of sorrow and joy, what are you looking at? What are you paying attention to? And 
not in a way of disregarding, pushing the other or disassociating away from the other. There, there can be room for both or all three or whatever the range of our emotional nuance is. But we have so much within us in terms of our emotional landscape. And yet when it gets translated into sort of like a two-dimensional Instagram post, it can feel like we're quote unquote wrong if we finish a session or if we finish some kind of say retreat or a journal session. And we're like, well, I don't feel happy yet. So I must've done it wrong. And I really just want to kind of layer in that we are wonderfully complex and also incredibly simple beings and that we are going to seek pleasure and avoid pain. We are wired for that. And especially as highly sensitives, we have a huge emotional range. (laughs) We have a huge emotional landscape. So this layer that came through that I had to intuitively check, like, do I share this? I don't share a lot about that personal side of my practice on the podcast, but it felt really poignant and important to bring in of like, yeah, what, what are you looking at and what are you giving your attention and your awareness to? It's the classic saying of, um, along the lines of what you focus on grows or your thoughts. Do you know, help me out here. If you know, I'm struggling. Yeah, to I was, I was like, um, you know, the one, I know exactly what you're focus speaking goes on. Energy flows. I can't. Yes, the that's name. one where focus goes. Your energy flows, and I've also heard um, also about like attention, and where like where you place your attention is where your intention goes. Yeah, like that. Mm-hmm. These yeah. reminders. If anyone, if you're hearing yeah. something I like to do when I'm listening to a podcast, if there's like a line, because there's sometimes so much that gets shared. Uh, I like to just write down if there's one particular phrase or a couple words that just land and sort of summarize something for me, I'll write them on a sticky note and just pop it on my desk for a few days and integrate it that way. Because there's a lot, (laughs) we've already covered a lot, a lot of layers, a lot of ground. Recircling back to energy healing, when do you reach for it? When do you find I need to bring some of this in my life, in my day? I actually invest um, bi-weekly. So I joined a mastermind group about two years ago and it shrunk down. It was like about 20 of us two years ago and it shrunk down to be a beautiful group of six of us. Mm -hmm. And we meet every Monday and different modalities get entered into that space. So for me, I look forward to that. I look forward to knowing that I have that every two weeks. Yeah. And when it comes to other areas of my life that aren't a, like, aren't a part of that mastermind group, I, whenever I feel off. So when I'm feeling down and I'm not capable of pinpointing what it is. So when I'm unsure of what the emotion is that I'm experiencing, that's bringing me into a state of discomfort or sadness or something lower frequency that is when I will reach out to a girlfriend and just be like I have lots of friends now over the last six years I have lots of friends who we trade services and we support one another because we know that when we are in a heightened state we're able to show up more as we're meant to in this world and in this time so um, we often switch services and sometimes it's even as connected as one of my friends will reach out and be like hey you are on my mind. Mm. Is there, is there something you need support with right now? Where five years ago, I would have been like, no, I'm good. I'm fine. And then when somebody asks me now, I'm like, oh yeah. And then it's like this whole entire connection where I'm like, yes. And I just learned to say yes. So, um, but in the beginning of my journey, it was something that would pop up every six months. Mm -hmm. Looking back now, I see that in the time I was just like, oh, it's just, time for me to reach out but it was about every six months I could feel that like weird tension enter into my being and I would reach out to my healer or my coach that I was working with at that time and now where I'm at I'm constantly investing in myself I'm constantly I have a coach for a coach of so many things and I do this for myself because I know that when I feel good and when I have that call it unconditional love, but also when I have someone who's able to call me on my 
harder conversations I won't have with myself. Because even though I'm this far in, I do find it still hard for me to have harder conversations with myself and be, and not allow my ego to drive my bus every once in a while. So um, I gift myself them regularly, Reiki sessions, theta sessions. um, And about every six months, I do a deeper hypnosis session when I feel that some emotions have arose from the ongoings. And I'm really intrigued, actually, with what you do. As I was asking you in our little tech break there, like a brief interlude. um, (laughs) Yeah. And it's moments like these where I'm connecting with you and I'm learning about what, what you offer that intrigues me to try new things. Mm. Um, You even brought up your personal practice. And I know this is another little niggle and inkling for myself, like shamanism and like connecting with a shaman is something that I've deeply desired to do, but I just haven't felt that I've came across the path of the right, the right person or the right experience yet. Mm-hmm. But I love that even in conversations like this, it's like, Oh, that that's intriguing to me. Mm-hmm. I'd love to try that. <laughs> um, how can that support me? And having that in my mind, I now know that when the time is right, I'll just know to connect. <laughs> I'll know to connect with you and be like, Hey, I'm going to come down and visit you in Rosslyn. <laughs> So and all those things. Yeah. So, um, but in the beginning for the people who are like, not super comfortable with this, um, I was not, and this is where I think the two of us would have a great conversation about this is I was never one who needed to know the science behind something. I wanted to feel the experience. Mm-hmm. So for me, I now, understand the science of what I desire to know, but it's not something I need to go out and collect all the information for because I've deeply experienced it myself. So I know that I have clients come to me and they need to know the science behind things and I'm able to support them with that. And that's really, if you're just in the beginning, I would just invite you to be curious and to say yes to one different modality that you have never experienced before and just allow that, allow yourself to be present for that. Yeah, that's that's my invitation for everyone. And I love that invitation because they can yeah. feel like, well, okay, I want to try something. Well, well, what? And I think of it like, like the breadcrumbs. Like, what are the breadcrumbs that are being sent your way? Who have you heard about two or three times in a week? What maybe just modality or different, even just studio, whether that be a yoga studio or a healing center, just shows up even in your mind or in conversation, like just look for the little breadcrumbs that show up and that inner sense of rightness, that inner sense of curiosity. You're like, I don't know what rightness feels like, but that sense of just kind of being drawn to explore a little bit more. And, and right. She'd infuse a whole lot of lightheartedness into it and exploration because that's exactly what we're all doing. Like for me, shamanism has been such a deep healing journey for my own self anyone that's listened to my own spiritual awakening and spiritual emergency journey and back in episode 12 that was something that gave me a lot of safety to then explore the more intuitive realms because like i had more of a map of ways to interact with the spiritual realms instead of just kind of ending up there and not really having any orientation I'm also aware there's so much and I have so much respect for indigenous practices that there's, it brings up that line of cultural appropriation and who I never call myself a shaman, a shaman or shamanic practitioner. I always label it as my own personal practice and sure layers of that show up in sessions at times, but it's something that has so transformed my way of relating to the world and it's brought so much magic into the world that if that's ever yeah, drawn you intrigued you, there are, this is cross-cultural and shamanism. My mentor names this as sort of an archetype, this word now, even though it is from one particular tribe, from one particular area in the world in Siberia, and that medicine men, medicine women are really from cross-culturally every tribe. And I'm finding it so interesting that this is showing up today. I'm like, wow, this is not at all where I saw our episode going. But from maybe it's because we brought in this layer of 
self-growth, energy healing. And I'm about to ask you a question around spirituality. So for me, these, these layers are so intertwined in journeying. And I, I also bring in the, the caution, the caveat, like if you were like, yeah, I, I've really wanted to learn about journeying and more about shamanism, find a really good, solid teacher. It's also not something to just like kind of dive into um, off of, I don't want to ever put rules. So I'll put an invitation to find a really solid teacher. There's some really amazing people out there that have done this work for years and for decades. So I'll, I'll transition us into my question for you of, of how has, how has energy healing influenced your spirituality and changed your relationship to it perhaps? I would say that simply um, without energy healing, I wouldn't have opened up to spirituality. Um, I don't want to go too deep into my journey. And I, I, I send anybody who resonates with anything I've said, I'm very open. So if you want to know more about me and my journey, um, please reach out. I'm sure I'll share this with her, but I'm very um, much Instagram. So you can reach out. I'm an open book. I love to share because I know that when we get vulnerable, that's more of a superpower. But for me, I was raised um, very religious from one side of my family. And the other side of my family was very open. So I had this duality. And when I turned 20, I decided to go travel the world. And I was very curious in this traveling. I lost my grandmother while I was away. And that was from my very religious side of the family. And then I traveled to Thailand and I became curious about what Thailand and Buddhism was and then when I was in Australia I learned about different modalities and terms there and just lifestyle and cultural differences throughout the whole entire world and um, then I just entered corporate world <laughs> and that's what I knew for so long was just work and family and enjoying life when you had time and I ignored many of those things you mentioned at the beginning of the, like the little, the little guides and the little like invitations to live your life differently. And I ignored them and I pushed them down and until they literally exploded in front of me and gave me no choice, but to pay attention. And when that happened, I still tried to control my life and I still tried to not listen. And then I had a breakdown and prior to this breakdown, I was very um, disconnected from my own feelings and I wouldn't, I was always strong and nobody knew me to be emotional. Nobody knew me to be, to be a tearful woman. And um, I, in that moment, just asked, I said, whoever's up there, somebody greater than myself, something bigger than myself. Like I need support and guidance. Cause I know this isn't who I am. And from that point forward, my, my, curiosity and want to understand spirituality deeper became more strong because things started showing up in my life to support that ask the right women showed up the right friends showed up I deeply wanted to um, just hang out and have a bonfire with friends and the next day I'd be invited to go to a bonfire with friends and just be in nature and I started to become really curious about how is the synchronicity happening? And um, I believe that without opening myself up and clearing, I call it creating space. Mm -hmm. That was one of the terms when I first entered into this world of like coaching and supporting women and guiding them, because that's really what I do is I, I just hold space and I guide women to move through and transform their own life. And through that, it opened up all these different understandings and these different knowings and these different questions within myself. And I just, I, like I said, at the beginning, curiosity is what began it all. And without having that movement within myself and creating that space to fill what I've released with new beliefs, or I often invite myself into being curious about what my beliefs are and where they come from. Yeah. And that alone and anyone who's in a relationship or has been in a relationship you're going to understand that 
it also intertwines your partner's beliefs and your partners and where they come from. And when you get curious to know everything at a deeper level, I think that it allows you to understand that spirituality is all around us and it's in so many different forms and there's no right or wrong way to do it. It's, it's meant to be how it shows up in your life. And so now where I'm at, I really believe that my spirituality is how I show up and what I desire to learn in this moment, in this day. Mm -hmm. And for example, like just this conversation today, it has brought so much awareness to myself and like, and it's brought so much more curiosity, like things I want to delve into other things I want to learn. And, and so I think that just being open and inviting ourselves to be curious and know that there's so many things out there that are supporting us. I love that. <laughs> I feel like we yeah. could, I feel like we could just, I've been to so many other layers on this. And yes. I feel like there's some really key words that are circling this particular conversation and they're creating space, which I'm a huge, huge fan of. I think that's even the start of the title for a few episodes ago and curiosity. And when I say conscious, I don't, that can be misconstrued in like a, oh, I know everything about myself because, oh my gosh, do I not <laughs> forever far from yeah, far from <laughs> ever learning more, but just being aware and sometimes taking a step back, but like, Hey, what's driving me to do this particular thing or just being yeah aware is a, is a good way of saying it, which mm. the more we create space, the more we have awareness because we're not as overloaded by the day, by technology, by appointments, so yeah, just for how our conversation's gone, I feel like there's a lot of, yeah, a lot of different aspects to it. So given all of that, I would love to hear from, from the sensitive side. This is a question I ask every mm -hmm. single guest. What do you feel are your greatest gifts as a highly sensitive? And I'll ask this, I ask them as one question now, and what's your biggest challenge as a highly sensitive or as a sensitive, intuitive person. Mm, I love that. Um, I would say that one of my greatest gifts has been, um, okay, so now I'm going to say this because as I'm speaking it, I'm like, oh, it's been a gift, but I've also seen where it held me back in life in the last two weeks. So it's crazy you're asking this. So I have always seen the potential in people and when they speak about their dreams I infuse deep belief into them I don't think that anything is too big and I've always been a, like I've always been described as an over optimist <laughs> so I can That's I can see for me. <laughs> yeah so like I'm too optimistic or I believe in the good so deeply or and all these things I can always see the good and I can always see um, when it comes to people, like the potential, like who they desire to be and who they dream of being. And like, I can deeply encourage them to take that road to be that person. Um, it has also shown up where in within certain relationships in my world, it almost hindered me because I wasn't present with who they were in the moment. Not in, in, not in my business, because that's a lot of coaching and like healing is that's, they share with me who they desire to be. And that's what we work towards in different containers and different, different uh, modalities and in different ways. And that's really empowering when you're in a relationship in a sacred space with somebody who can be there and be like your hype girl and your cheerleader and like, see what you're working towards from your energetic state. But in my own personal life, <laughs> it definitely has shown up in relationships where I see who they are potentially and not necessarily who they are presently. And that has been a big awakening moment for me this last like three weeks specifically. And it's really brought me into being present with each and every person in my world. Um, so that would be kind of both. But for me personally, as a highly sensitive person, after looking more into it because I never actually 
considered myself to be a highly sensitive person until I did the quiz that you shared with me. And I scored incredibly high. (laughs) What an idea. (laughs) Um, Yeah, incredibly high. Um, And one of the things that I realized is I'm very much a like um, giver. Mm -hmm. So I'm very much like, will do what it needs to be to make somebody comfortable and not, and this shows up again in my personal relationship and my business, but um, where I don't necessarily express my own needs and my own boundaries because I want other people to be comfortable mm-hmm. and content. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thanks so much for sharing that. And I know there's some layers literally every single person's answer has shown this window into who they are as a person, as well as this trait of sensitivity and how many different sides it has. Because everybody's answers, there might be some similarities. Everybody's answers can be different. Thanks so much for sharing that. You're very welcome. And while I would love to keep asking you questions all day long, and I know I kind of briefly interluded thing. Oh, maybe we'll talk about theta healing. Maybe yeah. That for um, maybe leave that for for another time. Because I'd love to let people know how can they find you. What are mm-hmm. you places? If someone's heard this, like, yeah, I really want to connect with Raylin. Where do they connect with you? I love Instagram. Um, prior to all of this, I was a photographer. So when Instagram first came out, it was. Um, it was my place. I love seeing photos and then being able to read the emotions and the intention behind the photos. So that's where I focus. Most of my energy is on Instagram. So I am at Raylan Danielle wellness. Um, I will share that with you so you can share it. <laughs> and then, the show notes. Yeah. And then um, I do have a sacred space on Facebook for women and it's called wild at heart. Mm-hmm. And then um my website. I am going into 2022. So when this is released, I will have began it. And I'm really going to be intentional with my email. Mm -hmm. I find that it is more personal and it invites people to connect by replying. Whereas Mm -hmm. on Instagram, I share posts and there's comments and all these things, but it doesn't invite the depth and the realness that I hope to invoke in my own practice going forward in 2022. So um, you can click on my website and you'll receive a free gift and you can join my email list. And there, I promise there is no spam because I know my personal self, I get overwhelmed. Um, I just send out a weekly email on Sunday to do kind of a fresh start, fresh week, Mm. quick little touch point for people to make sure they're entering their week presently. And then just anytime I have an offering of something, that's when that goes out. But my only consistent email is on Sunday evenings for each and every person who says yes. And then, yeah, that, those are the three spaces where I put most of my energy. Amazing. And it's Ray, your website, is it Raylan Danielle? Yeah, RaylanDanielle.com. And it's going through some facelifts. So please don't judge. <laughs> I'm redesigning it all. So um I'm trying to make it more simple. Amazing. And you work with people one-on-one generally? Yes. So I, I love the one-on-one capacity. I love being able to go deeper into their own journey and coaching and energetic healing for me is an invitation. So when we begin a, a session together, it's uh, you're coming with an invitation of what you're looking for. You might not even know it when you enter into a, into a session, but usually that's how it works as a client comes with an invitation so one-on-one is definitely one of my main ways of connecting. And in 2022, I'm going to be creating more group containers because personally over this last two years, mm-hmm. since the world has shifted, I have had some of my biggest transformations in the group healing sessions that I've invested in. So yeah. I find them to be extra potent and powerful when you're surrounded by like-minded women and men who are going through very similar things. Yeah, I agree. Totally. And I'm super grateful for your time, your wisdom, your shares, your experiences. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's been a beautiful, beautiful opportunity. It's really, really fun as well. Super great to chat to you. Hello again. 
So we covered quite a range in that interview with Raylin. And of course, I'm going to have all her links in the show notes. And I hope you really enjoyed hearing about her first experience with energy healing, finding out about a few different modalities, and just deepening into self-care today. So I hope this was fun, insightful, and uh, perhaps a bright spot in your day. And just as we move towards a close for today's episode, if you're finding the podcast helpful, I would be so appreciative if you spread the word with another highly sensitive that needs to hear all of this too. So I invite you to rate, review, and share with a friend. Also, if you want to get the Nourish Your Roots guided meditation, I've had a lot of requests for more meditation, so I'm like, all right, more meditations it is. And I really have a lot of fun creating them. So if you want to have the Nourish Your Roots guided grounding meditation sent over to your inbox, if you want a really tangible tool you can reach for to find a deeper sense of just your feet on the ground, feeling like you're a bit more centered, a bit more grounded, you can head to combinationhealing.ca forward slash free and you'll see the option to sign up for it there. And of course, that will also have you join my newsletter where I share stories, practices, and things that don't get shared anywhere else. And with that, I hope you have a beautiful, easeful, peaceful rest of your day. Bye for now.